Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast Show. Thanks for uh, listening. Appreciate it. The best men's out underwear out there, two under, the number two, UNDR. Ferraro 20 code saves you 20% with those guys, and we appreciate those, and we appreciate Ray Ferraro letting us use the code still, even though he's not on our show. And Amazon banner, click on the Amazon banner on pulphockey.com. Make a purchase. We get a small slice of that, and it's in order to keep the server costs going and everything else. We appreciate it. So it's been going good. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Stitcher app on your smartphone, and of course, PaulPockey.com is also a place to get the show. All right, with me on the line, it's a two-time All-Star, played 12 years in the league, over 700 games, 50 goal score even, and uh, one of the guys back in the day you did not want to mess with, could score, could fight, could do it all, you know him mostly as a Chicago Blackhawk. It's a great Al Secord. Al, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks, Steve. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things where um, um, you're coming on, and uh, when people think of Al Secord, I think they think of fights, goals, Danny Savard. Those are the three things. You're right, <laughs> and Dennis Savard being one of the, uh, the biggest part of that because I wouldn't have had 50 goals if it wasn't for him. Yeah, he, and we'll get into that, but he was, uh, yeah, he was something else. So uh, you're living down in Texas, in Dallas, and you're yeah. a pilot for American Airlines. That's, yes, a, I am. that's a nice little post-career move for you. Have you always been into flying? I've always been into flying. I got my private license while I was playing. I think it was back in '85 when I when I got the uh, uh, my first license, and then when I retired in '90, I basically took uh, six months off to heal, mm-hmm. and uh, then went back to school, not knowing where I was going to end up. And uh, now I'm with, been with American coming up on let's see here, that's uh, 17 years. Really? Wow. Yes. So, yeah. A long time. Um, yes. Imagine if I'm sitting back in, the, in, the, in, in my seat on the American Airlines. Yeah, this is your pilot, Al Secord. I'd be like, what? <laughs> Do you get that? That, that, Do you ever... that has happened a few times, uh, especially when I fly between Chicago and Dallas. Uh, of course, the flight attendants always announce the flight crew. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, there's been a few people that say, uh, excuse me, is, it, is that the guy that used to play hockey in the <laughs> NHL? Yeah. And, uh, of course, they'll, she'll come up and ask and uh and uh, usually have a chance to greet or meet uh, them when they get off the airplane and sometimes sign autographs. Um, they, they, they notice I don't look the same as I did uh, 17 years ago, but uh, <laughs> they still uh, do, like ne- to talk about hockey. Neither do I. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, and, the, and the flight attendants are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, let me go ask this guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, because since most of them are like 25 right, to 30 years right, old, you know, right. so they have no clue. They're like, yeah, uh, Al, did you play hockey? <laughs> yeah, some of them ask me what is hockey, but uh, it's getting better down here. Yeah, really, right? Um, how much do you watch the game now? How much do you keep up on it? Um, I, I usually watch it mostly through my kids, mm-hmm. who know a lot more than I do, and I like to pull up the uh, the uh, Apple uh, highlights on the NHL network okay. sometimes, and I'll just keep up. Uh, teams I like to watch uh, are, of course, the Blackhawks. I like to keep up with the Boston. I'm really interested in the Rangers this year, and, mm-hmm. and my buddy who's coaching L.A., uh, Daryl Sutter. And so you know, I keep tabs mm-hmm. on those guys, just see, see how they're doing. Yeah, oh, that's good. Do you get out on the skates much? I know I've seen, I thought I saw you alumni game, not yeah, that long I, ago, I, right? I, I do one or two alumni games a year, mm-hmm. and we have the uh, Dallas Stars alumni down here, and, and they have ice time um, usually on Fridays. And if I'm not working, I'll get out there and skate with those guys. And also, I'm a uh, junior varsity coach for the uh, South Lake High School that my boys are on. Mm. And uh, coaching with a another semi-pro guy named Dan Wildfong, and he's who's actually uh, taught me how to deal with teenage hockey players. <laughs> so uh, right. uh, with his knowledge and experience and mine, we've we've got a nice little team, and it's been fun to do. You're like, okay, kids. What we used to do is, if someone hit the skilled player, I yeah. would go over and I would two-hand them, and then we don't do what I did. Don't yeah, bring up. You yeah. can't do that. And in, in fact, uh, of course, you know the old emotions and the old mm-hmm. feelings and the old way of doing things. 
uh, the game has changed so much, you just can't do that anymore. No, it's not. It's not. I, I pull up, talking about Apple TV, well, I, I you pull up the highlights. I pull up the vault on there. And, oh, sure, uh, sure. Yeah, and I watch some old games, and uh, um, it's it it's great. It's inter- it's, you know, I'm 41 years old, so I remember those games as a kid, and I it is a different game now, man, than what you guys did. First of all, it's amazing. It's more goals back then. But on the other hand, you getting to the net probably for you for, to get a pass from Savard, you would have been actually had a penalty in today's game ten times. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's a lot more hooking and holding oh, and, and uh, interference. And uh, of course, you know they would call it today, but um, they, they like the, the high skating, freewheeling, open open game where it was a little bit tighter. Uh, back in my day, and uh, I, I think the reason for that was is that the players are so good uh, now mm-hmm. that back then uh, you, you had your top four or five players, and then uh, you know the talent kind of dropped off. So mm-hmm. these guys, these uh, blue line stay at homers, uh, were a little more uh, hooking and grabbing yeah. to keep track of the uh, the better players. Well, even too when you played, okay. So uh, according to a hockey DB, which I don't know if it's really true, but it says you're you were basically six foot one, and yes. You yep. were six foot one, two hundred pounds, and you were a big guy. Do not mess with Al Secord. You know he's yep. going to mess you up. He's a huge guy. He's a monster. Um, that's yeah. Nowadays, that's just a guy. That's, six that's one, average size. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think in today's game, if the rules were the same when I played, uh, the, there's some players that are so big, like Chara mm-hmm. out in Boston. And I'm sure if he challenged me, I would not drop my stick. <laughs> really, right? And, um, I mean, what do you what do you do with that? He's so big. Oh. You know, I, I don't think I'd even reach him, but there's so many big guys out there yeah. now. Uh, especially, I like to go to the warm-ups if I go to the Stars games mm-hmm. once in a while. I'm just amazed at the size of these guys and yeah. how well they move. And their equipment, too. So much bigger. So much, like, they look so much bigger, so much more protected. But, you know, True. like Lindros, you know, he was 6'5", and he could skate and shoot and just, you know, he was Danny Savard, 6'5", yeah. right? Um yeah, it's funny. The uh, so you're based out of Dallas. So do you get the Stars games much because they're on fire this year. They're a great team yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, I'll get out there. I, yeah. I like to bring my boys down and and uh, see how they're doing. Of course, my uh, one of my best friends, Kurt Fraser, is the assistant coach down there. So, oh, cool. Uh, I like to watch him uh, grimace and pull his hair <laughs> out behind the bench. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you know. I've, Bobby Basson is head of the uh, Stars alumni okay. uh, here in Dallas, so he's another former teammate. So it's good to get down with those guys and kibitz with them and, and talk about the old days yeah. versus the new. So, so, but let me ask you this: you're known you're known as a Blackhawk. Obviously, you went to the Leafs, Bruins, and Flyers. You drafted by the Bruins, but um, sure. can you hang with Stars alumni? Is that cool? Do they? Yeah, <laughs> okay. um, yeah. I, you know, I've I've often asked them. I said, "Is, is this okay?" And they're like, "No, no." Uh, you know, in fact, we looked for any. Uh, ex NHLer in the area, and they welcome them. Oh, cool! Welcome them Good to their alumni and uh, try to get them out to you know different events throughout the area. Mm-hmm. So they're they're very very uh, open to anybody. Because you're like you're like listen, I used to inflict some pain on the North Stars back in the day. So right. Um, uh, based out of DFW, um, when when are you guys getting a new airport? I travel. I'm a one K guy with United, and uh, that airport, man, it's old. Well. They're, they're actually, they've been renovating it for Have the they? last okay. uh, three or four years. The train system is awesome. Uh, they've got, uh, let's see, three, five terminals, and uh, a lot easier to get around. Uh, the system goes both ways, uh-huh. and they're, they're making it like every other new airport. It's, it's like a giant shopping mall yeah. now with restaurants and stores, so it's, uh, it's okay. actually coming along really nice. Well, maybe it's just the United part. It's a hub for Americans, so maybe it's just my oh. United <laughs> terminal. Yeah, you you're, know? yeah, I know you're on Terminal E over there, and it's it's. Yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. No, yeah, exactly. Hey, so what? You obviously you've had a long career at American Airlines, and everything else is good. And me being a bit of a flyer, I'm interested in this. Like, is there competition? And and you know, you're going to stay with American. You've been there for so long. You said 17 years, I think. But sure. is there competition to jump to another airline? Like, do they have like like a free agent in hockey? You know what I mean? Like, do these airlines go for? Each other's pilots? Is there a bit of a no, battle? No, no. They, they do at the uh, at the uh, commuter level. Uh, there's a shortage of pilots right now, so they're all vying for for the up-and-coming pilot. But once you get a seniority number at a, at a major airline and you okay. start putting in some years, then you, you're basically stuck. You're there because you give, up, you give up that seniority number, your quality of life and your pay really is affected. Okay, so, all right. Uh, once, once you get on, you're there. I didn't know if they like could match your 
pay. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that works. So no, yeah. no I think that that would be very interesting though to do that. <laughs> right? But uh, but right now it's just strictly every, everything is based on that seniority yep. number. The sooner you get hired, the better it is. Are you domestic only, or do you go? Uh, well. Um, I do Canada and Mexico, and okay. they, they still call it domestic, although mm-hmm. it's international yeah, flying. Really but I, I am I am going to a new airplane, uh, the 737, next month, and I will be doing uh, Central America and the islands, so they'll, oh. that's international. And, yeah. And, and I try to stay away from the overseas stuff because uh, I'm too old to sit that long in an airplane. Yeah, that, I wonder how those guys do it, man. And I've seen some older guys, and I go to Europe five, six times a year, and... Uh-huh. You know, they're there for a little day. Tough on your family. They're there for a few days. and you know. Yeah, it, you know. depending how much time right. you fly, um, you know, it's it's the time change that really gets you. Mm-hmm. And when you come back, it takes, uh, as you get older, it takes several days to kind of recoup mm-hmm. uh, from that trip. As you know how you feel when you come back yeah. in different time zones. So with these, these guys doing it all a month, it really does take its toll. Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't know. Has uh, 9-11 changed a lot for you in that industry, I would imagine? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the security, of course, has changed uh, a lot and is, is continuously changing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they lock the uh, the cockpit down now. Right. And um, uh, so we can't get up and, and move around and, and, you know, stretch our legs as much as we used to. Yep. So uh, um, that, that's changed. And, yep. and, of course, we're always we're always aware of what's, what's going on around us. So it's, it's added a little more to, uh, to the job. Yeah, I think I noticed some more air marshals, you know, than there ever has been before. Like just guys who get on the plane first, you know what I mean? Sure. They're kind of, you're looking at them and you're like, hmm, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, all right, let's talk about hockey a little bit. So uh, okay. 12 years, uh, 700 games, a 50-goal score, like you said, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But And you know what? I forgot this. I knew this, but when I was just going on to do this podcast, that's right. You were a Bruin first. You were drafted 16th overall by the Bruins in 78. I, right. You know, you, everyone thinks of you as a Blackhawk, of course, and, and even from the uh, younger age. And I know you as a Leaf, too, because I'm a Leaf fan. I remember when you went there. But that's right. You were drafted by the Bruins. So what was that like? Um, that was actually uh, a, a dream come true because uh, in 1978, boy, that's a long time ago, um, <laughs> that was an, an, actually an old team. I think the average age was 28 years old. Mm-hmm. But all the guys that were on the team were guys that I'd been watching for years, and that actually had all their hockey cards uh, when, I, yeah. when I went into training camp. <laughs> you, you remember guys like you know Wayne Cashman yeah. and John Rattel, Brad Park, mm-hmm. um, Terry O'Reilly, was Terry Chee- Cheevers. Yeah, was Cheevers there? I think Cheevers was there. Yeah, yeah. Cheevers yeah. was there, and Don Coach was the was the or pardon me, Don Cherry was the coach. And uh, I mean, to walk into an atmosphere of characters in your first year, twenty years old, it was it was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um, they were they were. Cherry ran his team, where the the players ran the team actually, and mm-hmm. and if you didn't get along with the players or be a team player and it got to chair, you were pretty well gone. But <laughs> everybody loved loved him as a coach. Um, he, he really uh, stood by us. Uh, yeah. Of course, we lost that overtime game to Montreal to get to the finals against the Rangers back in, you know, 78, 79. So that, that, that one kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, that was a great experience being there two and a half years. Yeah, you're right. I just clicked on the, the roster. Yeah, there's a ton of guys. Um, the uh, I see that you spent four games in the A. After yes. getting drafted, um, when yes. were those the first four games of the year, or did you make the team out of camp? Well, what happened? I made the team out of camp, and I believe uh, Harry Sinden and Don Cherry were in a conflict about how many players and who to keep. Mm-hmm. And I was pulling my weight, but Don Cherry uh, actually came to me and said, "Listen, he says I've got to send you down. I don't want to. It's it's uh, Harry Sinden that wants to do it." He says, I want you to go down there and tear it up mm-hmm. just as much as you can. He yeah. says, I'll get you back here as quick as possible. And I, th- and I think if you look at that stat, it was four games. Four goals. Yeah. Four goals, four assists, <laughs> and 40 minutes and penalties. And I was right back up there yeah. and, and, and stayed. So uh, I just did what he told me and uh, kind of terrorized uh, <laughs> the four games yeah. down there and I was right back up. This would have been 20, right? Draft age was 20? That, yes. That, yeah, back then. Um, yes. So obviously, grapes. You know what he does every Saturday night in Canada, and I watch sure. him too. Is that's not far off what he really is was was like, right? As a coach, yeah, yeah. Of, of course. You know, being uh, in the entertainment business for yeah. so many years, he's a, he's a little more colorful, right? Uh, but uh, he he was colorful when he was with us. Uh, I mean, he, there was some uh, very momentous times. Uh, the one time with uh, with <laughs> uh, Roger Nielsen, who was on the other side coaching Vancouver. Mm-hmm. 
And Grapes walks out, and, and Nielsen had the same suit on as Don uh, <laughs> Cherry. Yeah. Yes, so he sent his wife home to get another suit and would not come out until he could change and come back on the bench. Yeah. Just stuff like that. He, yeah. he was quite the character. He talks in his book and stuff about fighting with Sindin a lot. Um, did you get yeah. a sense of that? Or did oh, abso- yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah, he was a guy who, who uh, he, you know, he, he expressed everything. So we knew what was going on. Yeah. And it was a battle. And, um, of course, uh, Harry's looking at the business side of, the, of it, and, and Cherry wants to win. And, and when those... Mm-hmm. Two got together. There was there was a little bit of conflict, but you weren't the guy with too many men, were you, Al? No, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, it was uh, it was actually uh, Stan Jonathan. But uh, I I don't know if Don mentions it in his book, but he had actually set up Jonathan and Winsink, I think, to take Marcotte, Donnie Marcotte off the ice, right. and didn't realize he had done that. So they both stepped over oh. the boards. Yeah, yeah, and. I remember that it was such a fantastic hockey game. Yep. The linesman, I think it was Johnny D'Amico, came over and said, Cherry, you got too many guys. They, they did not want to blow the whistle. Right. They did not want to call the game for too many men. And they were trying to get the guy out. Even the lights was trying to get the guy off the ice so that the game would keep going, but he finally had to call it. <laughs> He's just like, look, they're skating around out there. We have to yeah. call this. Yeah, he had to call it. You're right. I watched that game. Um Oh geez, I don't know, probably a year ago now, and it was a great game. It really yeah. was. Um, yeah, end-to-end action. Yeah, it was fantastic. Now, um, yeah, and obviously too, you played with Rick Middleton, who was coming up. Um, yep. You know, it, the trade from Boston to Chicago. So you played a year, sixteen goals, nice rookie season, better in the second year. The trade to uh, Chicago. Did you know it was coming? Did you? I mean, at this point, you were kind of like an emerging kid, and I, I did. Yeah, I did because um, when I originally signed with Boston, it was a two years, uh, two year deal and a third year option. And um, what I thought was going on was is they were tr- diminishing my ice time at the end of my second year. I think to lower my value for the for the negotiating of my third year contract. And uh, Harry and I actually had a, a chat where um, uh, he was saying stuff to me that I thought wasn't true, and, and I, I didn't like it. So we got into, uh, I'd say not an argument, but mm-hmm. a disagreement. I yep. got sent down to the minors. And uh, I think I played 16 games in the minors for Springfield Indians, uh, knowing that something was going to happen. And, yep. and then I got traded, I think it was December 20th of 1980. So what what did you yeah. do? Did you was it was he not happy with your player? Was there something else going well, on? Where like well, I I think uh, you know that was some of the way that uh, some teams handled um, sure. yeah. contracts is that if they uh, <laughs> if they could lower your value and and talk you into signing uh, another year mm-hmm. or a couple of years at a lesser value, well then you know that's that's the business part of it. Crazy. And what yeah. he was telling me is what I said. That's not me, and what you're saying is not true. So I am not going to sign this contract. And more or less, uh, in so many words, said, "Quit, quit talking to me like this." And he didn't like it. Sent me down to the minors, and then I was traded from there. Just a different time. Just a different yeah, when they ruled it. I did one of these with Doug Smale a little while ago, and he said he, you know, he had some bit of a finance background, and he did this comparative chart for him and other players. He was his own agent. And he sure. went in, and uh, it was I think it was Mike Smith, maybe it was Ferguson, and they just were not having it. Like they they hated him for doing this, for just trying to negotiate right. a contract, you know? Right. Well, yeah. you know, it's it's guys uh, that are business guys, mm-hmm. and they're to me they're they're men. I mean, they're they're true adults, and then here they are. They got a kid in there that's uh, in yep. his early twenties. Yep. And to me, that seems predatory. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 uh, a pure move of intimidation. And if you don't have your agent in there covering for you, then then you know yeah. a lot of guys. Obviously, it's worked before because they kept, they kept yeah. on doing it. <laughs> and uh, so, to me, I thought that was predatory. And uh, yeah. I think that was one time where I kind of finally stood up and said, "You know, right. I don't like what you're saying." And, and then then it, that was it. And I ended up in Chicago, which worked out better. Yeah, it really did. Uh, it's funny when you read some books about the beginning of the game back in the day. Uh, and, and you know, by by the late seventies, eighties, you guys had it even better than the dudes in the sixties. You know, who were just bullied by sure. six owners. You know, right. and who got together and drank brandy and smoked cigars and decided on the where everybody was going and 
who was getting paid what. You know, like Gordie Howe, legendary right. stories about Gordie Howe getting effed over in contracts and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it was a kind of... I was of actually going to say that, you know, Gordie Howe's the guy to talk to. He's got some good stories. Right, yeah, no, and, and these guys are just treated just, you know... Yeah, anyways. Um, one of the, probably the best trades, one of the best trades the Blackhawks have ever done. Michael Connell goes to Boston, you go to Chicago, and you get to Chicago in the 80-81 season, and you see this guy named Danny Savard who was just drafted, and right. um, you're just like, wow, this, this guy. When do you, who is it, which coach, and when do you get put with Denny and, you know, start, you know, you guys had everything. You were the brawn and the, you could score, and then he was the skill. Right. Well, the uh, the first year, uh, Keith Magnuson's actually coaching, mm-hmm. and I had a great lineman uh, with Savard was uh, Tim Higgins, and a lot of people forget that that he was uh, a big part of that line to, uh, coming together. And then the following year, Orville Tessier came in, okay. who coached Steve Larmer in the minors mm-hmm. and brought him into camp. And I honestly didn't think he was going <clears> to <throat> make the team. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was. Uh, maybe kind of soft. He wasn't a physical guy, and yeah, you could you could score some goals. But you know, in training camp, sometimes you don't get to really show yourself. Mm-hmm. But because TSA knew him and and saw what kind of a player was, <laughs> I mean, how many years did he play without missing a game yeah. until he got set by uh, by Daryl Sutter? Right. And look at all the goals he scored. Ended up with Stanley Cup uh, with the New York Rangers, and yeah. he was he was a, a huge part of of our line of, as far as. Um, you know, a nice piece of the puzzle where we all work well together. So it really started in camp that next year, Larmer, yeah. Larmer you, and Savard. Yeah, we, they, they yeah. tried us. Uh, like I said, I got there in, in December of 80, 81 season, mm-hmm. and uh, they they put us together, but uh, it didn't really click yet. I think, mm-hmm. it was, you know, you're still trying to find yourself. And uh, the following year, I had a little more time to work in training camp and, and, and find the right pieces, and then from there, it just it just went crazy. Forty-four goals, but which is impressive. But three hundred penalty minutes <laughs> that <Yeah>. season—that's <laughs> a yeah, lot uh, of penalty minutes, man. Well, you know, um, I think uh, when you, you have to realize what got you in the league. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I'd had some good juniors, but my success was was from playing physical. Mm-hmm. And I and I and Don Cherry told me that he says, "Don't forget that part of your game." Says, so "You keep that part of the game; the rest will happen." Mm-hmm. And when, I, of course, when I got with Savard, I was a little older, mature in the league, and it just um, you know I'd actually learned some good dryland training in the off season, the kind of stuff that they're doing today. Mm-hmm. And when all those pieces finally came together, it was just uh, yeah, you know, it was it was just re- really good. Those mid eighty teams, mid eighty Blackhawk teams, like fifty four goals and, and Savard scoring how many points? And Larmer's great, and uh, just you guys ran up against the Oilers, and right, uh, like one year you made the conference finals. I don't. There was one. There was one game on the vault that's yeah. It's twelve nine or something in a playoff game. The score, right. the score was insane. Right, um, but uh, uh, they were good teams. They were solid teams. Yeah, Edmonton. Uh, the two years that we ended up against them, they just had uh, mm-hmm. too many more horses. Um, I think goaltending was a factor uh, then. Um, I'm, I'm not putting down our goaltenders yeah. back then, but uh, when you get to the playoffs, that that really is the key. Mm-hmm. I think even to today, you got to have a, a solid, even a hot goaltender that's got to you know, make those extra saves for you. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, they just had too many horses with Gretzky and Anderson and Curry and uh, Paul Coffey and Messier. And, oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean we, we we just couldn't compete, and we, and we took them to six games, mm-hmm. but uh, just just yep. not enough in, in the vault. Well, it's like, I mean, you know, a few guys I've done these with now, uh, you talk about the Oilers, and a few guys have problems with them, and, and the guys have brought up. So if you do play really well, and it's an off night for Wayne and Messier and everybody else. You had fear, yeah. you know what I mean. And, and yeah. so, like, he kept them in games. So, yeah, yeah it's one of those. Yeah. Um, Denny Savard. Let's talk a little bit about him. When did you just went, watching this guy in practice? And he smoked too. I heard. Yeah. So, so he smoked <laughs> cigarettes. And then the yeah, guy. Yeah, we could... used to yell at him to get away from because I sat right <laughs> beside him. I used to get away from me from that cigarette. So, he's, Dude. so him and his yeah. little group would go in the bathroom and they'd have their cigarettes between the periods. I know, and uh, they come out and skate like the wind. But uh, yeah, he could I, skate but, all day long. It'll seem like yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you, you know when you're twenty, twenty five years old, you can mm-hmm. do anything. But right. uh, I understand he's 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 quit a long time ago, and yeah. and he's in good health and doing all right. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then so you're just watching this guy every day, and you're just sitting there going, "Wow." I, I mean, sometimes on the ice, you probably were like, "Oh, I should stop watching and get to the net." 
right? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, after, after you figure him out, he just draws so many people to mm-hmm. him because uh, he's such a good skater and puck handler. Yep. Um, I think for Larmer and I, all we had to do was just come a couple steps late, let him do his magic around the bull line, draw people in, hit the holes, run for the net, and, yeah. and keep your stick down because you never knew when it was coming. Was there one Danny Savard play? I mean, obviously we know the spinoramas that he did and all sure. that. But there, was there one that uh, you just still think about and laugh for this day? Was there a move well, or a goal? The, or? Well, you talk about the one in Edmonton where yeah. he basically skated through five guys mm-hmm. and uh, just <laughs> just uh, dropped everybody's drawers for about a minute and a half and then went in and scored. So yeah, yeah. Place, were you on the crazy. Were you on the ice for that one? Uh, no, I believe I was, I was on the bench that time okay, yeah. watching it. So, yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, where'd you get your 50th? It was in Chicago. Okay. Yep. And uh, against who? Or? Uh, it was against Toronto, actually. Oh, okay. Damn yeah. It. Yeah. And <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I think... I think it was Alan, no, it was, when, it was uh, Ken Reggett was Reggett, in that. Yeah. And I play, of course, I played with him in Toronto you know, a couple right. of years later. Yeah. You might have played know. with him in Philly, too, back then. I don't know if he was there yet. Oh, but, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. He um, was in Philadelphia as well. So you got your 50th in, uh, in all season long, that 54-goal season. And I remember it as a fan, obviously. Um, it was one of those ones where you were like, this guy's on fire. And, and you, like you said, you and Larmer, or Savard and Larmer. Did you... Did you think you could be a 50-goal scorer? Was this, like, something that you were just like, I cannot believe I'm, I, I may get 50? Like, was it near the end of the season even? Or, like, the um, drama of yeah, getting 50? Yeah, it was about three-quarters way into the season. Yep. Um, never, Of course, never thought I'd get 50 goals in the NHL. Um, right. Never thought I'd get 20 goals in the NHL. <laughs> but um, but when you play with guys like Armour and Savard right. and Higgins, it's just, you know, it, and, and then, like I said, all those other things I talked right. about, the package just came together. And what was nice about it is that we really didn't talk that much. We were so in sync on really, the ice. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It was just a couple of words to maybe fine-tune some stuff, and mm-hmm. and the rest just happened out there without uh, without even talking. It's pretty cool to look back and be like, yeah. I mean, obviously, look, 700 games, two All-Star games, everything else, but to say you're a 50-goal scorer, I don't know. I'd yeah. be pumped, Al. Yeah. 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 It's cool. you know, I'm pretty excited. Uh um, my two boys, they uh, especially watching today, it's hard, you know, for guys to get fifty goals. <laughs> yeah, and they said, yeah. of course, the players are better today. Uh, over, I mean, there's more better players today. Yep. Um, so I said, it's it's a lot tougher, and the goalies are so much better. So I said, for me to score fifty back then, and I'll take it, and yeah. it was good. But you know, it's funny you score those forty, fifty goals, uh-huh. but the goal is is the Stanley Cup. Yeah. And I think I got to seven semifinals, never got to a final, and that that was tough. The, yeah, really, right? Yeah, never, yeah. never, yeah, never mind. Um, what? Well, probably losing in the final would be tougher than getting to the semifinal. But yeah, exactly. Sure. They get so close, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah, one of those things you dream about lifting the cup. And you guys, like I said, you guys had some great teams, man. And yeah, it just was one of those years where you know you didn't even come up. The year that Calgary makes it, they play the Blues. You know, yeah, that would have been a great year for you guys to right. to go up against Calgary, but. Um, as it was, the Oilers were just a machine. So yeah, yeah, oh. they were they, they were too tough to get by. The next year, fourteen games. I don't remember what happened. What uh, what was the deal? Uh, there was an injury. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I think it was an accumulative uh, injury where I had tore out. Um, I won't get into the specifics of it, but just just different muscles uh-huh. around the groin area, the inside, the adductors, abductors. Yeah, yeah. And it got to a point where uh, I woke up one day, I, I went to get in my car to drive to practice. I couldn't push the clutch in. Oh, uh, it's like the, it's, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, it's like the engine ran out of oil. My, the body went, that, that's it, you're done. And um, I think I'd been compensating for so long that the body just finally said no more. And then I had to kind of work backwards, figure out what was the most mm-hmm. injured and work my way backwards. And it took a while to figure it out. So it was, it was about a year and a half trying to trying to get that one. Yeah, so, I was gonna, so 14 games, were those in the beginning of that next season? And then it, it was. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then 51, the next year was the later part of the season? Was that? Yeah, and, and then it uh, kind of came back on me. And, um, oh, wow. Um, so, you know, yeah, it, <laughs> well, just one of those injuries. They actually have a name. They call it the Al Secord injury. <laughs> really? And, huh? uh, yeah. And several other guys started getting it. And I think it was uh, due to the uh, some of the training that we were doing that okay. wasn't uh, really, um, you know, sports specific mm-hmm. for hockey. Yep. Chicago, the Chicago fans, man, they must have just. It must have been great to play in those eras in the Chicago Stadium. Of course, we all know the stories. We know the rink itself, but uh, right. United Center is nice and new, but nothing like Chicago Stadium. Nothing like the old stadium. No. It, it was. It was uh, 
you know, the old buildings like the Olympia, yeah. the old Boston Garden, uh, even Maple Leaf Gardens. I mean, great rinks, lots of character. The people mm-hmm. were closer to the the players as far as the uh, the higher level seats. So the the noise was phenomenal. The atmosphere was just uh, just just a great building to play in. Yeah, no doubt. It was uh, it was great. So you go, you still score forty again. You got twenty nine one year, uh, and then you get traded to the Leafs right before the season started. And me as a Leaf fan, this was a huge deal. Obviously, uh, you and Eddie Olchuk for uh, Rick Vive, who was my favorite guy back in the, when I was a kid, and Steve Thomas again, sure. a Le- uh, probably a trade the Leafs would want back. Two young kids. Um, that, you know, I guess Vive wasn't young, but. Um, did you know it was before the season? I remember that. Did you know it was coming? I had no idea. Um, in fact, I was in my house mm-hmm. in Chicago. I was uh, about to go out for dinner with my uh, wife and some friends, and uh, Bob Pulford called me up and says, "Hey, Al, Bob Pulford, uh, you've been traded to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs for so and so and so and so," and I'm like, uh, "Okay." Wow. And yeah. uh, he says, well, good luck. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, thank you very much, and uh, yeah. hung up. <laughs> so that was it. Seven so seven my, years, 50 goal scores, and they just, yeah, thanks. Yeah. 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 yeah, so my wife said to me, what was that? And I said, well, I just got traded to the Leafs. Let's go for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was, you were the biggest name at the time in this trade. There was no doubt, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. It was a uh, it was a big deal. It kind of maybe it's just because me I was a Leaf fan, but it was a big deal for four guys who were good players. Um, yeah, uh, I think it was Uremchuk, Olchuk, uh, uh, and yeah, Kenny Uremchuk, Olchuk, yeah. Eddie Olchuk, and myself. And um, um, I wonder what the, yeah. was was camp going on, or was it before camp even? It was before camp. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Um, so there was no real reason. Just like you're, you're you score twenty nine the year before, and you're thinking you're good and. Well, well, I'll give you a little insight on that. Right. At that at that time, um, I was having uh, marital problems, and um, I think my, of course, anybody that goes through that, it's it can be uh, very sure. distracting. And I think uh, they saw that it was affecting my play at the end of the of the previous season, and um, they didn't know my status uh, as far as you know how we were doing over the summer, which we were doing okay. And um, and I think what they were doing, uh, of course, again the business side of it, mm-hmm. they were trying to get some value, um, you know, f- while the player had some value, and and was made that trade to uh, yeah. made that trade to Toronto. So uh, I was I was disappointed, but yeah. you know that's that's again the business side, and I, I wanted to go to Toronto to do the very best I could for them, and I, I am disappointed in my performance there. But I, I found that team, and, and I'm not blaming, but I. I found that team was uh, very dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah, you uh, think? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, Brophy. Very, dis- Brophy very dysfunctional yeah. from top to bottom. And, you know, everybody tried, uh, I think, individually to do their very best. But uh, hockey is such a team sport. Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody was just trying to survive and, and, and get the job done. But there was really no... Um, no cohesion from top to bottom, and, and there, there were a lot of problems. Yeah, Ballard, obviously the owner, Harold Ballard, was, you know, right. nutty. Brophy, um, he was insane. I think he was insane. I don't know. Like, Yeah, you know what, though? Yeah. I love John. Did you? The, really? The man okay. had character. He loved his players. He, uh, he, he, he did the very best that he could with what he had. So, and he was such old-time hockey, and, and I think maybe that's why I love the guy, too. But yeah. uh, we, we were just... There was too many other things for John to yeah. overcome uh, to, to, to do really well. I'm surprised you said this. Like my my uh, my on the guy from the couch view is that Brophy was nuts and did, like did he and did he even know the game of hockey? And he seemed like you know he threw out um, he just wanted everyone to beat everybody up. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> we had, seriously, we huh? had a tough team. I tell oh. you what, that, that made it entertaining with uh, uh, well Todd Gill and Clark and. Uh, I think Cordic the was Cordic there. Yeah, Cordic was there, and the yeah. guy from Edmonton, uh, Samenko. Samenko. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, oh, uh, Kevin McGuire. Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, Chris McCray, Basil McCray's younger brother. I mean, it was, yeah. it was just it was just nuts. So if we if we didn't win, it was always very entertaining. So yeah, I heard throwing chairs and right and just yeah, just destroying everybody. Clark was there too. Wendell was there, but he wasn't there for he was hurt a lot. But. Um, and I remember, and maybe I, maybe I have this wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Brophy at one point kind of say in the press, uh, "Secor's not fighting enough." Do you remember that? 
I, uh, I thought I, I remember I hearing something. Okay. You, like, you know why I don't remember? Because I think the Toronto media is so tough on everybody. Right, right, right. It was just one of the many things that might have been said. Yeah, I remember him thinking, like, oh, we got Secord. You know, at this point, you're an older guy. You can yeah. score. You can play the game. You know, you're not some goon by any sense. And I remember there was a headline. I thought it was in Hockey News where it was like, Secord needs to drop his gloves more, you know, or something like this. But. Huh. Well, that, that could have been said, yeah, but uh, <laughs> the other thing is, too, when you've got six or seven other guys that can draw them, there's, there's, you know, now you're fighting to yeah. get a fight. You know, yeah. you're like, get out of the way, it's my turn. Yeah, you're like, look, I scored 50 in this league. I, I, yeah. I can do other things. Um, right. So, yeah, that, that, that year, basically, you just remember it just being kind of a bit of a cluster, huh? I mean, the team was 21-49 yeah. in, in the record, so it was right. tough to go back to Chicago the first time. Um, it was. Yeah. It was, yeah, of course, very emotional. In fact, the very first time I went back to Boston was, was very emotional. And, and the funny thing is, the uh, the first three games that I went back to Boston, uh, uh, the place was very supportive, and mm-hmm. I actually scored a goal or two every game that I went oh, in geez. there. <laughs> and by the third game, they're like, oh, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, now they didn't like it anymore. But, but, of course, when you go back and play against guys that, you know, you've, basically fought with and, and shared the ice with. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but, you know, we all have a job to do, and you just try to overcome and do your best. Did the crowd give you a nice little hand? Do you remember anything like that? I was, this yeah, was they be- did. Yeah, this was yeah, before the days different. of uh, video tributes that they do now, but, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Chicago has always been very supportive, and, uh, um, I mean, Chicago loves their sports teams, and they mm-hmm. love their players. So uh, if you played one game, you played 100 games, they're, they're, they're backing you 100%. Yeah, they liked it, huh? Um, yep. and, and was, uh, I guess Savard would have been there, right? Larmer still would have been there, all that. So you're like, hey, guys, yep. what's up? <laughs> yeah, Larmer, Savard, and uh, they had Dwayne Sutter that year, and uh, Mike Keenan was the coach. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're talking about the uh, re- returning on that Yeah, game. when you went back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all, those, yeah all those guys were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, they had Vive and McGill and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Thomas. And, yeah. So. And then, weird that they, too, that, uh, that Pulford would trade you within the division. You know, um, you would think they'd want to not see you as much, but true. Yeah. That's true. I, I I never really thought about yeah. that, but um, uh, maybe so, he kind of foresaw what I was going through. Didn't think I was going to be that effective, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why he made the trade. So the biggest shocker of my this podcast for me is that John Brophy was not insane and did know the game of hockey. Well, <laughs> that, was, that was the biggest. I'll, I'll put it this way: he doesn't know it like the guys do today. Right, right. I right. I thought he knew enough to be successful uh-huh. in the NHL, but he was so uh, he was still old school guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you know as far as the uh, the technical part of it, you know maybe not up like you know the top coaches yeah. at that time, yeah, yeah. but still he he knew his stuff. Okay, you know, and then he had he had some people surrounding him that. That were helping him with that part of the game too. So I'm supposed to do one of these with Gord Stellick, who was a GM around that time. Um, right. And I have a lot of questions, John. Brophy questions for him too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So you get traded to Philly. Uh, did you know it was coming? And were you? You were probably welcoming back. Well, although one goal in 20 games and the performance wasn't great for you. But no. Well, that's yeah. that's one trade I didn't know that was going to happen because yeah. I basically orchestrated that. Oh, you myself. did. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, they. Uh, uh, I, of course, I wasn't very happy in Toronto, and mm-hmm. I wasn't playing. Yep. So uh, I asked them to trade me, and they said they wouldn't do it. So uh, I thought, okay, teams can't contact me, but who says I can't contact the other teams? So sure. I called uh, Vancouver, Boston, and Philadelphia, and I was actually talking to uh, all three coaches. And uh, I thought Philly had the best chance of getting to a Stanley Cup that year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I ended up wow. talking to Paul Holmgren, who who uh, made that trade for me to get to Philly for that last part of the year. Nice job on that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. calling guys, say, look, this place is nuts. Um, yeah. This this is insane over here with, with this team, and so I can still play. I want to, yeah, get me yeah. on there. And you guys made a nice run in the playoffs with Flyers yeah. that year. Yeah, we ended up yeah. losing to, the, uh, to Montreal in the semifinals again. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was the Hextall crazy, go, exactly. going nuts on Chelios, right? Exactly, yeah, because he ran uh, my roommate Brian Prop and knocked him out and <laughs> gave him a con- concussion. So, oh, that was uh, that's an all timer for sure. And you guys had a pregame brawl, right? Um, I believe so. I think you had um, a pregame brawl that year too between Montreal and Philly. Yeah, uh, that, I'm, I'm sure that happened. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember that. <laughs> but. Um, so you ended up back in Chicago the last year, and when mm-hmm. you look at your stats, 43 games, 14 goals. 
Um, with all you'd been through the last three years before that, it was probably nice to go back. I, I, it looks like you just signed with them. And, uh, and, and that's a nice season, 14 and 43. Well, um, <clears throat> what happened was there I was a free agent, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a, a son living back in, in Chicago. And I, I, of course, missed them being in Toronto and Philadelphia, so I wanted to get back to Chicago. I called mm-hmm. up Fulford. We struck a deal. Uh, yep. Keenan was the coach. I didn't know how much ice time I was getting. It was, it was very limited. Um, but uh, when they stuck me in, um, I, I knew that it was basically coming to an end. Yeah. So I did the best I could for those, uh, I think, would you say 43 games? Yeah, 43. And, yeah. Uh, and then uh, that was it. And you were okay with that? Did you kind of know it was like your body was probably getting beat well, up? And you know what? I, I the body was okay. Yeah. I think it was just uh, the mindset right. of uh, uh, there's a point that everybody reaches with all the stuff that goes on in your life. You just say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got. I, I don't want them nailing the last, putting the last nail, nail on my coffin. coffin. Say one more year. I said, yeah, let's, let's just just end it. I'm, I'm not contributing as much as I want to, and uh, I, I don't want to hang around as long as possible, so it's time to move on. You know, I've done a few of these with guys, and yeah. they, a few of them have said, I could have played. I, everything else in my life, and it, it, I was tired. I could play yeah. the game. I could get a contract if I wanted to, but I was just tired. And yeah. that's just weird to me. Like, as a guy, you know, as a fan, you'd think you'd want to hold on as long as you can, but when you're in it, um, you know, well, it's, it's yeah. quite a grind when you think about it. You're playing 100 games a year uh, between, mm-hmm. say, the middle of August to May or June, depending on how far you go in the playoffs. You get two days off, and and then uh, you take basically a month off to let your body heal and give it a rest, and then you're back into your dryland training. So when you do that for 12, 14 years, it's, yeah. it, it's a grind. And uh, I, I think the body more than anything can handle it, but mentally staying in, at that intensity yeah. uh, for years and years, it's uh, it's a grind. And, of course, the things that happen in your life, like I said, I was yeah, yeah. I, was, I was having marital problems and stuff like that, sure. so that, that was a grind. And, uh, and then uh, that's just the way things worked out. If I look back, I see how I could have handled things differently, but um, yeah. it is what it is, and, and you move on. Yeah, and also, too, the travel wasn't as easy as you, as, you know. No, no, that, so, that wasn't so bad because yeah. I, you know, not for me anyway. Because I went into the airline business. So. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're you're right. You're yeah, yeah. you're good with that. Yeah, um, yeah no problems. There. What's with the four year comeback? Four years co- later with the Chicago Wolves. That's pretty cool. The Wolves, of course, back then John Anderson might have been coaching. I'm not sure, but it was. Actually, it was I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, it was uh, Grant Mulvey. Okay, I t- yeah. I did one of these with Rob Brown, the former Pittsburgh Penguin guy. And right. he loved his time in Chicago. Loved it. Yeah. Said the team was first class. The ownership was great. And yeah. um, do you agree with all that? Is that why you Ab- came back? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, well, what happened for me is, of course, I got my aviation career going. Mm-hmm. And Grant Mulvey was the uh, general manager of, of the new Chicago Wolves. And uh, that previous summer, what I'd done is played professional roller hockey just just for fun and exercise. Uh-huh. But I dropped about uh, 15 pounds. I was in pretty good shape. So yeah. Grant uh, made me an offer, and I said, no, nah, no thanks. And uh, then he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go to camp, and if I'm embarrassing myself, I'll, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. But I said, if I can compete and contribute and help the young guys, then I'll stay. And so I ended up playing two more years, and then, then the body said no more. <laughs> it, was, it was enough. That, then, then, yeah. then things went, yeah, you're, you are yeah. now too old. Oh, yeah, we cool. were playing. We were playing Friday, Saturday, Sundays with the bus trip in there, and uh-huh. Sunday morning, you know, I couldn't even roll out of bed. I did like you make it to the game Sunday night, and uh, you know, with the grind, the, the yeah. recovery time just wasn't there. And then the body said, "That's enough." Al Secord on the Paul Pocky podcast show. Uh, thanks for doing this, Al. Did you ever? Did you ever wear a helmet? Yes, you I did, did at the uh, end. Okay. The first few games of uh, with Boston, and then I wore it when I played uh, for the Chicago Wolves International Hockey League. Okay, but yeah, yeah. so you you retired with Philly, or your last year in Chicago. You never wore a helmet like that. Never wore it. Yeah, no. yeah. Why'd you yeah. take it off? I was actually bribed. Uh, Don Cherry, <laughs> um, of course, had a basically a helmetless team except for Mike Milbury. Mm-hmm. We're going to Toronto. I've got twenty five relatives in the stands. He says, "Hey, kid." Take your helmet off. I'll start you. I'll put you in all the power plays. And uh, so that was a bribe. I took it off. Always wanted to do it. That was the uh, uh, the carrot that had me do it. And when I took it off, that was it. So, ah, and, it, and actually, I actually thought I played better without it. So that's super weird, but I guess it worked. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it worked. And yeah. uh, and the thing is, um, back then, you know, except for deflection of the puck or an mm-hmm. errant stick, most guys were were very respectful of keeping yeah. the sticks down and keeping the shots down and and aware of the yeah. uh, you know because the majority of guys were helmetless at that time. Yeah, when you think of Al Secord though, too, like I I do think of you without a helmet. You know what I mean? And and even right. late in the career, like when you play for the Leafs, when helmets were coming around now. Um, yeah. um, still no helmet. So yeah. Well, um, well, I, I tell you how bad it got. My dad says uh, uh, he used to call me up and he, and he said, you know what? Put a helmet on. I go, why, Dad? He says because you're so noticeable out there that when you make a mistake, it's a lot more glaring. <laughs> he says, put a helmet on and blend in with everybody else. Oh, jeez. Um, so, best goal you ever scored? Is there one that stands out, or a couple that stand out for you, or even big goals, or anything else? Like, well, um, yeah, one that stands out is uh, is uh, a goal against Islanders uh, mm-hmm. the day my uh, my first son was born. Okay, um, so I, I'd been up for a day and a half and. And then went to the game. I was exhausted, but played the game, scored a goal against Islanders, and I kept the puck, and uh, and it's his. So oh. that, was, that was a big one for me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you keep the yeah. 50th puck? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um, yep. You, who, I, so you go on HockeyFights.com. Everyone's listed. Who do you think you fought the most? That's obviously hmm. Chuck Norris' division all those years. So. Well, I, I, I have no idea. Bob McGill. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. That, yeah. That's right. I put him up there. Yeah. <laughs> Chris yeah. Nyland was second, which I guess was early on. Would have been early yeah. Bruin days. Yeah, Bruins-Montreal yeah. Uh, rivalry. And sure. Koser, who was no no stranger. True. Uh, Koser yeah. was after that. So, is there, I mean, were, you played in a game, you played in an era where a clean hit didn't come and you didn't just drop the glove and charge the guys, which drives me crazy yeah. now. Like, oh, I, I just, know. You, you get a clean hit and all of a sudden you have to fight. I hate that. But was... Some of your fights, uh, they were, most of them, I imagine, were part of the game and more emotion-charged and things sure. going on out there. But at times, did you have to – somebody was taking liberty with, with uh, Danny or Larmer? Did you, there were times, oh. I guess, you had to go over and be like, hey. Or anybody. Yeah. Or anybody. That's, that's, that's who we were. I yep. mean, I, I knew my role. I know my, uh, my strengths. And we had several guys on the bench that were doing the same thing. And, and it's, a, uh, it's a team unit where we take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And um, – and and that's what we did. If yeah. somebody was taking liberties, if they played the game clean, no problems. Yeah, yeah. No, no problems whatsoever. Even a good clean hit, it's like, hey, it's a good clean hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, any dirty stuff uh, or intimidation, then we we tried to neutralize. Best player you played against? Obviously Gretzky, or is there somebody else that just drove you nuts that you thought that just gave um, you a lot of trouble? Best player. Yeah, like is there a guy that kind of just you didn't want to face or? You knew maybe a guy that you knew you'd have to throw down with or something like that. Is there? Well, <clears throat> not really. No. You know? yep. I, I I think uh, of course you know you mentioned guys like Gretzky mm-hmm. uh, and Lemieux, who were good in those days. Uh, how about the Islanders? I mean, yeah. I, I tell you, a guy that I had a tough time against was Mike Bossy. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he he's not a physical player, but he was so hard to keep track of. He's, right. Right. He's the kind of guy that just found those holes and uh, all they had to do was feed him the one timer and, and the puck was in so you know just 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 stuff like that as far as intimidation side um, you know you, you just knew some guys that were yeah. a little bigger a little stronger a little tougher and you just you, know, you had to kind of rise to the occasion you know yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you're like oh I don't want to do this but here we well, go <laughs> it's, it's not even that it's, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, it's just that I think you know where are you as far as being prepared to do this mm-hmm. you, know, yep. you, you, you better be uh, at your best right was there a goalie that had your number? Um, Is there a guy that you just? I'd always at? say uh, Rua from Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a hard time with him. Um, you and everybody else. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, geez, uh, who's another guy? Uh, played for uh, Rangers. Um, I always had a hard time scoring against the Rangers. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Van Beesbrook, maybe. Van Beesbrook, yeah, yep. something like that. Yeah. Those guys. Um, what do you remember about your two All-Star games, 82-83? Where were they? What do you remember about them? Uh, one was in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, got to play with uh, Gretzky and... Uh, nice. And uh, Delaney McDonald. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a nice line. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, that was uh, pretty cool. Uh, of course, the, the second was in D.C. Got to meet uh, President Ronald Reagan at the White House and have lunch. So that was that was a big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of neat. And, uh uh, of course, uh, my teammates uh, Dougie Wilson was there, and, and Murray Bannerman Savard. 
uh, Larmer. That was, you know, it was just a fun time being there with those guys. What was it like playing with Wayne in that game? He was, was, he was like, go to, the uh, net, go to the net, I'll get you the puck. <laughs> yeah, wanted, yeah, exactly. You know, just one of those. But, you know, the All-Star games, it's, it's, they, they were hard to play because you had couldn't. to be a little more respectful out there. And it wasn't, you, can't, you couldn't run around and do the hits. So it, right. it wasn't my game. It, wasn't really, it was kind of tough for me, but it was still. But having, really, but having said that, there were still way more games back then than they are now, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. They, they were, you watch them again on the Apple Vault. NHL vault and they're real games. There's, there's, you know, oh, absolutely. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nobody wants to lose. You right, know, they're, right. They're doing their very best. They just kept the hitting down. The last few years, it's been just come on, guys. I don't even watch them anymore. Like I don't watch either. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do my it. wife goes. What, my wife just gets tired of listening to me because I'm just, <laughs> just throwing my arms up and going, "Come on!" Right, right. So. Um, well, hey, thank you. Uh, thanks for doing this, Al. I really appreciate the time. Oh, you're welcome. Um, it's been it's been fun trip down memory. And like I said, you had a great career. Um, looking back, I mean, is there any regrets? Anything you wish that you could have done? Not at one? all. Yeah. Um, you, you know, of, of course, uh, being a young guy and inexperienced, um, as far as changing anything, I, I think I uh, I was boxing a lot in the in the first part of my career, and then it kind of trailed off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think. Um, if anything I could have changed, I would have stayed with my boxing, which okay. might have kept me a little sharper as I yep. was getting older and in a little better condition. So that's probably the only thing I would have changed. Maybe not done that dry line training that yeah. jacked you up yeah. for a year. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, well, it was just one specific thing. But, right, right, uh, right. Uh, I, I, you know, back then we used to drink a lot more beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Then I thought maybe if I, did, you know, with the stat, with the uh, pardon me, the information that comes out as far yeah. as what alcohol does to you and how much it uh, it tears you down and and and, and yeah. how much performance you lose. I thought maybe you know I could have did better on the on the stat board, but uh, back then it was a level playing field because everybody was. Well, doing yeah. It, th- so. Think if you said, "Hey guys, I'm off the beer," you would have been looked at like you were an alien. Oh yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and what do people when they meet you? Uh, what do they want to talk about? Actually, this is a question I, I should have asked you earlier. I ask all the guys hmm. like what. When people meet you, and, then, and you're like, hey, I'm Al Secord, I played in NHL. Uh, I'm sure you don't say that, but when they meet you, what do they remember about you or want to ask you about? Uh, maybe grapes, but I think people wouldn't maybe remember that. I don't know. Um, well, a lot of times they'll, they'll ask about Dennis Savard, or, okay. they'll, yeah. or they'll say they remember the memories at the stadium, or, or they'll, they'll remember the, uh, some of the goals or some of the fights or some of the brawls, and yeah. they'll want to talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes I say, you know, talk to my dad. He remembers all this stuff. He has, he's got every stat and and everything that happened. He needs to write a book because I I can't remember half of it. Yeah, it's, I, I interview these great motocross riders uh, that you know are the legends in, of the sport, and I know more about their career than they do. They just, yeah, exactly. They're like, I don't know, I don't remember, and I'll be like, well, this is what happened. So. Um, well, awesome. Uh, thanks for taking the time for us on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll put it up on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, pulphockey.com, Ferraro 20, saves you money at 200. The great Al Secord. Thanks, Al. Thank you. Take care, Steve. Thanks.